If you're struggling personally or professionally, it's not because you're doing something wrong. If the country's problems seem insurmountable, they're not. This stuff is hard. If it was easy, you would have figured it out by now. Fact is, people are way more complicated than you think. And so, naturally, their problems are too. One of my favorite expressions is, you don't know what you don't know. Like a new pair of glasses, this podcast will give you life-altering insights into seemingly hopeless problems. I'm your host, Elaine Belson, and with nearly 30 years of clinical experience, including the Army, I know what works. And I know how to transform profound ideas into messages that are easy to understand, remember, and apply to your own life. Because I do it every day. As a social worker and self-described political junkie, I'll also explain the real reasons behind social division and how to fix it. We don't have a crystal ball to see into the future. Welcome everybody we to episode eight toolbox of, full of coping skills, uh, more complicated carry us than you through think. life's journey. I am this your is host, where Elaine Belson, licensed clinical social worker, over your life. and we are talking about embracing your humanity. Toolbox. This is our Let's second episode of, of that. And um, first of all, um, I have some bad news for you. So, Uh-oh. yeah, Fritz is abandoning us. Oh, you make it rip the Band-Aid. I'm not abandoning you. <laughs> I'm still here in spirit. <laughs> I he'll be behind you. He'll be behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. Because we are we are expanding our format. Um but but we forgive him, right? Because we are talking about embracing your humanity. I was gonna say, I'm like, man, if you drag me on this episode, like what? <laughs> I wasn't gonna call you on it, but I, it's like it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, fortunately. Fortunately for you, I also have my my mini mug today to keep me in good spirits. Yeah. Now yeah. for for the folks at home, it's actually got mini mouse on it. It's yes, like the mini mug mouse. itself is the size of a soup bowl. So it's not a small mug. There's like half a pot of coffee in there. Like what's the payload on that thing? I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> That's huge. How much coffee is in there? Not much. I oh, mean, not much. I, I well, yeah, no, I don't it, uh, you know, I use the, um, the, the, you know, the solo, I don't want to name the brand cause I don't want to. Oh, got it. Right. Right. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and very diluted and it's Cinnabon coffee with Cinnabon creamer. So if you want to call that coffee, that's. <laughs> it's, it's a treat. Now I'm jealous. Yeah. I get, yeah. I get black coffee. I just drink it cause it's a tool. I, it has an effect. <laughs> Wake me up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So everyone, um, without further ado, we, um, we had, I think, um, gotten to, um, almost everything, uh, except, um, the solutions. Right. So, um, one of my um, my favorite, another one of my favorite mantras is um, when you embrace your mistakes, you disarm your enemies. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I think 
too often, I guess people feel like they have to keep their guard up and, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, I can't show weakness, but yeah, I guess, do you, I mean, I've got examples of that happening. Do you have some examples no, go ahead. of what um, played out? See, this is what I like about you because you immediately pick up on, right? Intuitively, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly the point is that we, we put so much energy into running away from our vulnerabilities that we make ourselves even more vulnerable. Right. Right. We, we, we set ourselves up for, because, because we can't tolerate it. Right. But if you can, if you can admit your mistakes and be, be comfortable with that yourself, right. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, it doesn't bother you if somebody else uh, criticizes Absolutely. you. Plus it doesn't, um, you, um, you don't uh, make yourself, make yourself more of a target because you're letting that person know, you know, you can't, you can't rattle me. You know, I'm, I, you know, think of it like a bully. What does a bully want to do? Right. They want to get to you. you. Yeah. Right. They, they want to, they want to get under your skin. And so basically what you're saying is, um, you know, you can't get under my skin. Exactly. You know, and I was thinking about that too. It's like all the times I was trying to think back to like a particular example. And it's like, it's happened so long in the past that now I'm like, I can't remember a face or a name or an event, but across the board, what's common across each of those situations is when I'm embracing my mistakes and I'm owning up to it, I'm actually not operating out of a position of fear. Right. So exactly. Yeah. And I'm coming at this and I'm like, Hey, I understand what I did. I effed up. I'm sorry. Um, let's, I mean, I want to work to fix this, but let's move forward. And mm-hmm. it's like, Whoa, like what, <laughs> you know, exactly. Then they're on the back foot and it's like, I'm not trying <laughs> to scare you, man. I just, I, I just want to move past this. I want to get past this. Right. And it really right. does disarm them because the very, right. the very weapon that you would have given them, they don't have available anymore. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not just when you make mistakes, actually. I mean, I say it, you know, when you embrace your mistakes, you disarm your enemies, but it, it's really when you embrace your humanity, right? Because mm-hmm. we all, we all quote unquote make mistakes, but we also are flawed, right? So mm-hmm. if somebody, you know, says to me, um, well, uh, you, you talk too much, right? It's like, yeah, you know, I, that, that's true. I know I can do that. Thanks. Thanks for the feedback. Right. Or, um, I'm, or one of, one of my, this actually is a, uh, I am a problem solver. So if you don't want me to solve your problem, do not tell me because it is like in my DNA, I cannot help myself. Right. And so, um, we were at a, my daughter was attending this thespian festival and I was a chaperone Mm -hmm. and logistically it wasn't handled very well. It was at a, it was at a, um, college campus and they had it spread across several, several buildings and there was construction going on. So they had a shuttle bus and it was just really uh, messy. And like, for example, every time a shuttle bus came, there would be this huge crowd of students all trying to get on this one shuttle bus mm-hmm. because of the way they had organized it. And um, 
And so, you know, I would you know, occasionally make comments about, you know, you know, we could do it this way, or why don't they do it that way? Right. And I stopped and I thought to myself, I said, I wonder if this is getting annoying, you know, and then I thought <laughs> about it and I said, you know what, if it is, it is, this is who I am. There are certain things other chaperones have done that have annoyed me also. I mean, this is just part of being human and we can all learn to be more tolerant of each other rather than putting pressure on ourselves to always be trying to, um, to, uh, to, to suffocate, I guess, if you will, or, or, or try to be somebody that we're not, you know, Mm -hmm. and and suffocate our own individuality. right? Right. And, and that was an aha moment for me because I spent years beating myself up about this. You know, yeah. it's like, why, why can't I just be quiet like other people? Why do I always have to speak up? You know, I just, that is my nature. Yeah, that's, who that's I how am. you build. That's, who, that's how you build. You know, and too mm-hmm. often, I think that when we look at our lives, you know, you're, you're talking about this. Uh, it's not really a, a discrepancy, but it's a comparative thing, you know. And, you, and I mean, you see it all the time with, what you said, the examples you gave, Hey, you talk too much. Well, relative to who, like, who are you comparing me to you? Maybe you don't talk enough, yo. Um, but you see it also in, <laughs> the, in the beauty space, right? It, it's like, Oh, you get all, get all these unattainable beauty standards. Like I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too tall. I'm too short. And it's like, exactly. No, you're, you're not, you're comparing right. yourself. You're spending energy comparing yourself to something else that has a different standard for itself or themselves. Focus that energy on you. Imagine how right. much you'd get done. Imagine how much you'd love life. If how you just accepted you what you have. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. And I mean that we could do a whole episode on, on just that, on just, I, one of my specialties is, is eating disorders or disordered eating. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I deal with this a lot, you know, in terms yeah. of accepting yourself for who you are. And I, and it sounds so cliche, um, and that's why uh, one of the reasons I have this podcast is because it's not as simple as it sounds, right? That's right. We all, we all know that. We all know that, you know, it's like, oh, you're sure it sounds easy to just be yourself and, and all that stuff. No, I understand it's not easy. But one yeah. of the reasons I understand it's not easy is because I understand why you do it in the first place. Right. More than, more than most people understand that. Right. Um, Things like, um, you know, beating yourself up and putting yourself down are actually a um, coping mechanism, a coping mechanism for dealing with fear, Mm. fear of rejection, fear of failure, Um, because most of us, unfortunately, um, walk around with a sense of inadequacy that we're not good enough, mm-hmm. that we're not, um, that we're not deserving enough. I deal with this all the time. It's yeah. so pervasive. And the reason why I think it's so pervasive is because most of us grew up in dysfunctional families. Right. Right. And so we don't develop that healthy sense of self. We don't get that healthy mirroring that we talked about in episodes four, five, and six folks. 
in mm-hmm. parenting. Um, yep. So, you know, it all pieces together. Right. But um, yeah, like I say, I mean, that, that is um, a very complex talk- topic that I would like to talk about. <clears throat> just the fact that uh, we all, so, so many people just walk around with this sense of inadequacy and the way that they compensate for that is by mind reading, mm-hmm. anticipating other people's reactions, comparing themselves to others, second guessing themselves, and beating themselves up verbally, right. criticizing themselves. Those five things. And, and, and anybody out there that's listening and say, oh yeah, I do that, I do that, yep, mm-hmm. right. That is actually a coping mechanism, folks. You're doing that because you feel inadequate. And the way that you compensate for that is you feel like I've got to anticipate what what somebody else is going to say before they say it so that I don't say something that's going to offend them or that I'm going to say something they don't like about me and then they're going to reject me. You know, same thing with any one of those, or, um, you know, I, I'm, I, uh, it, it's, it's just a constant search for self and a constant fear of being self, of being yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I tell this example all the time to my patients, but it's really funny. I was coming out of a store and I don't remember why, because of course, right. We, we worry about these things and we, and we agonize over them. And then the next day we forget what it was all about anyway. Right. Don't we all do that? Um, So I don't remember why, but I remember coming out of the store and starting to rehash, wanting to rehash something that I said or did, right. Cause that's one of the things we do is second guess ourselves. And I stopped myself and I said, you know, this is like an addiction. You know, I, it, it's, it come, becomes so automatic and I, and, and the fear is that if I don't do this, right, if I don't second guess myself, if I don't anticipate other people's reactions or, or wants or needs, if I don't mind read, then what's going to happen? I'm going to be rejected or I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall flat on my face because I can't just be myself. Right. No, I can't be myself. What are you talking about? I'm not good enough the way that I am. And it's not that people think about this consciously, but if you stop yourself, if you stop that quote unquote bully in your head from doing any one of those things, you will notice that you start to get increasingly anxious. Yes. Yeah. Or if you're using, you're using that bully, right. As a coping mechanism. So this is what I did. I said, you know what? I'm getting in my car. I'm driving away and I'm never looking back. And figuratively, that's what I did. From that moment on, I said to myself, I, you know, I did thought stopping. It's like every time I, I um, caught myself doing any one of those five things that I described, I would thought stop and I would say, no, I do not need to do this to avoid rejection or failure. And yeah. here's the irony of this, right? You would never say to somebody else, particularly somebody you care about, you know, if you want to avoid rejection or failure, then what you need to do is you need to mind read, 
you need to second guess yourself. You need to anticipate other people's reactions. You need to compare yourself to others and you need to um, criticize yourself. You would never say that to somebody else. You wouldn't. You would not. No. And for good reason, because you recognize that that is, first of all, it's well, of course, it's mean. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. but but even maybe perhaps more importantly is, you know, that wouldn't work. That's not the way to avoid rejection or failure. Right. Right. It's okay to be afraid of rejection or failure. We all are. That's not the issue. The issue is how you cope with it. Right. And, you know, I was thinking back to the times where I, I could feel myself and I've gotten a lot more introspective over the years and just assessing like where my thoughts are coming from. Like, you know, it's kind of like when you, when you spend years and you think in a certain path and you got, you got these ruts that just keep going and going and going. And it's like, all right, well, how did I get on this in the first place? Like before I get to the point where I just feel like a complete toolbox, like what are the thoughts slow them down, you know, and see what trigger thought was it that got me started? And then what does that lead to? And what does that lead to? And it is, it is hard. It is hard. I mean, it's like the analogy would be like, Hey, you're trying to stop, you know, a car from rolling downhill. Right. It's like, well, if you stop it early, you won't have near as much momentum to overcome. It's hard to stop it when it's going full bore, but if you stop it, when it just starts going, it's like, doesn't take a whole lot of force to stop it and say, okay, let's not, let's not do that. Let's not and say we did. Okay. And just over the last couple of years and really COVID has helped me with this a lot because I've had a lot of time to think, um, sit back and figure out like, all right, how did we get here? We're here now. We're at point B. What's point A? What got me to point A? And yeah, a lot of times it is that fear. Fear just kicks things off. It's like a catalyst for a lot of things. And yet it's still it a useful emotion, but right, right. we misuse it, it so much. You know, this is what I tell people is there's no such thing as a wrong or a bad feeling. It's how you cope with it. Right. And so a lot of times the way we approach it as a culture is we talk about the anxiety mm-hmm. or we talk about the, the anger um, or depression, um, those are, that's not the problem folks. You know, we, we all get depressed. Sometimes we all get anxious. We all get angry. It's how we cope with it. Um, you know, we talked about this, um, about, you know, that, that feelings are a survival mechanism, right? They're not your enemy. But what happens is because of the way that we cope with our feelings, we compound the the effect and we make it worse. And Mm -hmm. that's how we end up reacting in an unhealthy way, in a self-destructive way or in a way that's destructive to other people around us. And remember, we talked about the facts that the fact that we have more than one need, more than one feeling at any given time. And so that's the other issue is it's not just about being aware of a feeling, but recognizing that it's just one of, and that we have to find balance between all of our feelings. And that's why really, if we would just, you know, that's why I say feelings are very practical. They're not frou-frou. They're not, uh, they're not weakness. 
they are, like you said, Fritz, I, I've been using this a lot now. They are information. I really yeah. like that. They are information. And that's what you want to do is you want to tune into it and, and make sure that you tune into all of your feelings, not just the one that's afraid or not just the one that's angry or not just the one that's in love or, right. Or whatever it is, or not mm -hmm. just the one that's depressed, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's how you cope with it. So one of the things that, that I tell my patients um, is to be understanding of yourself rather than judgmental or evaluating. And what I mean by that is, and again, this is very practical, very practical. Whatever it is that you have done, if you want to avoid repeating that behavior, the best way to do that is to ask yourself, what was going on for me at the time? What right. was I thinking? What was I feeling? What was going on in my life? That's what I mean by understanding. It's like being a detective of your own behavior. If you just beat yourself up, say, why did I do that? That was so stupid. And, um, you know, how do I, I'm afraid I'm not, I'm going to do it again. And, uh, you know, I, uh, and you analyze it and you, and you, you judge, you are judgmental of yourself, right? You're not going to get anywhere. You're fighting yourself. Right. That the way to change is not to be judgmental or to analyze. You know, it's interesting because when you, we start out in, in, in counseling and in, 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 um, in training to be a counselor, one of the things that we learn not to do is ask the word why. Really? Yes. Because think about that. Give me, give me an example of some like mistake that you might make or someone in your, one of your children might make? Uh, spilling a dish of chicken biriyani all over the carpet. I don't know why I came up with that example. I okay. Just, okay. So if I said to you, Fritz, why did you do that? Oh. How would that feel? Well, it would feel like there's something wrong with me because it was like a physical oops, like I dropped it, you know, and well, why? Like, I don't know. It, it immediately makes me feel like, oh, shoot, is there something wrong with like my hands? You know, do I have a nerve problem? Did I drop it? Cause there's something wrong. No accidents happen. Right. Right. And you know, there are examples where it's even more obvious than that. You know, if you're talking to a spouse or something and you say, well, why did you say that? Or, or, or why didn't you do this? Why did you do that? Or a child, um, it has this, number one, it has this sort of judgmental sort of quality to it. Mm -hmm. And so I am hardwired not to ask that word. And so I'll do things like, um, well, what happened? Or, oh, you didn't do your, your therapy homework? Why? No, mm -hmm. I'll say what got in the way. Got it. Right. You know, um, and I where almost, is that coming from? Yeah. 
I almost, you, you almost got me when you said, you know, when they teach you, the first thing they teach you is don't ask why. I almost said, why? Like, but I'm like, wait, no, I can't. She said, not, not why. And, and it's what's, not that why is a bad thing. Sometimes why is the only thing, you know, that you can think of it. it, it but I have to stop myself whenever I do it. Yeah. You know, um, to make sure that when I'm asking it, it's not in the context of something that could sound judgmental. Um, so the other reason why why can be a problem is because it immediately puts you in analyze mode, analyzing the situation instead of trying to get more in touch with what was going on for me, the, the, the circumstances, your feelings, right, at the time. Um, can I ask a so, question about that? Because I'm a little yeah. confused. So when, like the first term I think of, if, if I'm thinking to myself, okay, this situation happened and I'd like to figure out what led to that. What was I feeling? What are, what are the things, right? So to me, I'm like, okay, I'm doing analysis, but you're saying that that term you're in analysis mode is not a good thing. So like what? <clears throat> Analyzing what is cerebral. It's, it's, it's a intellectual process, right? Okay. You're using the, that the thinking part rather than the feeling part. Oh, but if you, yeah. So instead of analyzing what you want to do is you want to, or judging yourself saying, you know, Oh, that was so stupid of me. And what is wrong with me? Or, you know, why did I do that? What was I thinking? You know, where, you know, in, in sort of a, a kind of a judgmental way mm-hmm. or, you know, I, a lot of times what, what people will do just it automatically is they'll start asking themselves why mm-hmm. instead of what was going on for me at the time, what was I feeling, right? What, what thoughts okay. were going through my head? Okay. Right? Um, it, it's, it's, a what, so basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to understand the, the motive behind why you did what you did and there. And did I said, why, <laughs> but, but that's we'll it. You are it trying, but, but you are trying to get at the underlying reason, the reason, right. and you're not going to get there if you ask yourself why. So is Trust there like me, a single, folks, I've been doing this for almost 30 years. You can't get there from here. So like, is there, so analysis is the term for thinking about how you're thinking, but like what term analyzing, is it, what word? I would say analyzing. analyzing. Yeah. Okay. Instead of so analyzing. Like what, so like, what's the single word phrase for the. Understanding. Understanding. Okay. Be understanding of yourself, not judgmental and not analyzing. Okay. I so when you think back on something that you wished you hadn't done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ask yourself, what was going on for me at the time? What was I feeling? What thoughts were going through my head? What was the situation? Right. Because you want to gather information. That's the only way that you can fix a problem is to understand it. You have to get 
to the bottom of it. And you're not going to get there if you don't ask the right questions. Okay. That makes sense. So, that makes sense. I beat so myself up getting better at it, but I still, I still do it every once in a while knowing that there's an alternative. Helpful. And again, if you were, if you were talking to one of your children, right. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't do their homework. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe they repeatedly didn't do their homework or maybe they got a bad grade on a test or something like that. Why did you get a C? Why did you get a D? What happened? What got what what happened that you what what got in the way of you um, getting a better grade? What were you doing? What were you thinking? Help me to understand. Not right. that it's okay. We're not saying it's okay, but you can't fix a problem if you don't understand what's behind it. Correct. And even that phrase that you said, what were you thinking? I mean, even that, if it's thrown out there the wrong way, you got the wrong tone, the wrong timbre. I mean, even that phrase, you and I know what you mean, but that what phrase can thinking? be right. weaponized. Right, exactly. You can weaponize that right. phrase, you know. <clears throat> um, that's that's worse than why. Right, right. What's wrong with what your was, brain? What was, what was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was going on in your head? But, you know, again, you're right, because um, this is all about, Empathy. Um, Empathy is a tool. It's not a weakness. Mm -hmm. It's not saying you agree with the other person. It's saying, help me to understand so that we can solve this problem. Right. Right. So, but again, yeah, we could go way off on that. We got to do um, an episode on communication skills. (laughs) Okay. so, so I think we've, I think we've beaten that horse pretty much, you know, be understanding of yourself rather than judgmental or evaluating. It's not mm-hmm. constructive. If you want to learn from your mistakes, you need to understand what caused you to make them. Mm. Right? What, what was the feeling? What was the thought process? What was the situation? You know, and, and coming from the military, a good example of this is what do the what does the military do after um, an incident or or after an exercise? Military people will know this. They do I what's don't know called this. an AAR, an after action review. Okay. Right? Yep. They try to understand what went wrong. Right. If you don't understand it, then you can't fix it. Then they okay. adjust the processes based on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I alluded to this earlier, as far as a, a solution goes, is hold other people more accountable for being tolerant, as opposed to you always telling yourself, um, I need to change what I do. You know, in the in the example that I gave earlier about being a chaperone at the Thespian Festival, you know, is a mm-hmm. good example of that. We can't be all things to all people, and we all need to learn to just be a little more tolerant of each other, and expect instead of expecting, you know, everybody to change for us. Yeah, I mean, obviously within reason. Um, 
depending yeah. on depending on what it is. But right, right. You know, if it's a quirk or something that's a um, a trait of that person, you know, we we can all stand to be a little more understanding and tolerant. You know, if somebody doesn't look like you or act the way you do or talk the way you do or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of, whole lot of negative energy. And I was thinking back to our last episode where it's like, you know, let's say you've got, we can break it down to just some made up numbers here. Let's say you've got a thousand interpersonal actions that you do every day. Everybody's got it. Right. And maybe the normal person that's not self-aware, that's not understanding, you know, maybe 60% of those interactions are kind of negative. Well, every interaction that that person has with somebody else just kind of smears around and makes a mess. And there's a higher likelihood that those people are going to take their action points and do something screwed with them there, right? But people that are really highly self-aware, maybe they will get down to like 5% of negative interactions. Well, then that's a lot less mess, but it requires a lot more understanding, requires a lot more empathy. And I hear what you're saying. I mean, in this country, it seems like empathy is viewed as a weakness. Like, oh, that's just squishy woo-woo stuff. And I mean- Because they don't understand what empathy really is. They don't I mean, understand. That's, that's what a lot of yeah. this stuff is. It's not, it's, it's it, you don't know what you don't know. <clears throat> and that's one of the points of me doing this podcast is because people, you know, we um, base a lot of our perceptions of ourselves and, and each other based on what we know. And mm-hmm. so my goal is to give you more insight and information so that you can then look at things in a new way, in a more yeah. complex way. Yeah. Because whether we acknowledge it or not, it's more complicated than you think. Yes. Saw that. Um, but it's I thought also, you were setting me up for that before too. And I missed it. And I'm like, was that what I supposed to no, do? No, I then? wasn't. I wasn't. No, okay. And even, even then I didn't realize it until after I said it, but I was going to say, <laughs> I know. See, that's why we have you here, Fritz. That's right. Um, what I was going to say is that it's, it's not realistic because you can't, even if you wanted to, it, you can't, the expectations that we place on ourselves and each other are, it's a setup for failure. It's a setup for feeling bad about yourself. And that's why I call this, these two episodes, embracing your humanity. Mm-hmm. It's about recognizing that we're human beings and, and we have to look at everything that we do in that context and understand it in that context because we're not going to change it if we don't. Right. We can't change our humanness. It's what we are. Well, and we can't, well, we can't change our behavior if we don't understand, you know, again, what we were thinking, feeling, right. All that stuff. Right. right. And, and, and also acknowledging that we are human. And, and so what part of what we're doing is just part of being human. A lot of the things that are just part of being human, we reject as there's something wrong with me. And part of that too, is because we don't talk about mental health. 
So a lot of people are out there thinking I'm the only one who's doing this. And I, all the time, because I've seen so many people over the course of 30 years, I'm always telling people, look, you're not the only one who does this. They'll talk about it like they're the only one who does it. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so hard on myself or, or, you know, oh, I, um, I um, worry too much about what other people think. No, you know, that that's everybody. Everybody does that just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not unusual at all. We're a bunch of care hards. <laughs> <laughs> the um, League of Extraordinary Care Hards. Um, the, the, um, the other thing, um, what was I going to say about, oh yeah, about, um, embracing our own humanity is, I think that when we are more understanding of ourselves, we're also Mm -hmm. going to be less judgmental of other people. And here's an example. So Fritz, let's say that you uh, wake up late, okay? You mm-hmm. oversleep. And so you arrive late to a meeting, okay? And you walk in and everybody's staring at you like, why, why is he late? What happened? You know, and, and you're thinking, well, I can't say I was at a doctor's appointment or, you know, I did, you know, take care of one of the kids or, you know, I had a flat tire. Mm-hmm. It was just, quote unquote, just because I overslept. Okay. Right. How are you going to feel? I'm going to feel like it's my fault. I overslept. I made a, either I chose to oversleep or I accidentally did, or I just didn't plan ahead or something. But I'm going to feel like the onus is on me, like it's my fault. Right. And you're going to feel embarrassed or shame, right? Right. So what do you think would be more helpful is if I said to you, Fritz, why are you late? That would help. Why are you late? Why are you late? Felt like it. Stop by by Starbucks and get an iced coffee with the ice still in there. Power flex. It's like it's not even melted. I went there first. No, I wouldn't do that. That wouldn't help. Why are you late? Because I slept in. I overslept. My bad. Uh oh. What? What? How does that make you feel? Well, it makes to, me feel uh, like a, like a dingus. You approach that way, right? Yeah. Okay. It's like, <clears throat> right. oh, he slept in. Okay. Yeah. He, he's lazy. They're going to think I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Instead of the fact that you're human, right? Who doesn't oversleep sometimes, right? Now, does that mean we just like, oh, well, happens, you know, oversleep? No, this is about how you approach changing, mm-hmm. right? So if you, if we say, okay, um, so, so what happened, Fritz? I, I overslept. Uh-huh, okay. I overslept. So missed the how, alarm. What, how do you think that happened? I don't know. I just, I guess I needed well, some sleep. Let's look and at I didn't that. even hear the alarm go yeah, off. Yeah. Let's look at that. Let's, let's try to understand what got in your way mm-hmm. so that you can prevent that from happening in the future. But there's right. nothing to be gained by beating yourself up about it. Right. 
What's wrong mm-hmm. with you? <laughs> Why do you right? party so late at night? Yeah. Yeah. Make better yeah. decisions, Fritz. Right, right. There's nothing to be gained by beating yourself up or criticizing yourself or comparing yourself to others or imagining what other people are thinking. None of that is constructive. And that's what I'm all about. It's not about, you know, sissy frou-frou, you know, weak understanding, being under, it's, it's about what's practical. If you want to change something, then you need to understand it. It's all about how you approach it. Right. And so if you, if you, so if you ask yourself, what happened that I ended up oversleeping, right? Do I need another alarm? Do I need to go to bed earlier? Uh, How late did I eat? You know, whatever, what, what is going to be helpful? Because the only way that you can uh, solve something is to be problem solving oriented to do do behavior, do something differently, not beat yourself up. That doesn't accomplish anything. I can sit here and beat myself up all day long. I'm not doing anything differently. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of energy. Yeah. It's not, it's not motivating. You wouldn't like it if somebody else did that to you. Shame on you for oversleeping as opposed to, okay, let's, let's learn from that. Right. There's just no, no, no advantage to it's not necessary. So next time you're sitting in a meeting, Fritz, and somebody else walks in late, what are you going to be thinking? Wonder what are happened. you going to be judging that person? No. No, you're going to be thinking, oh, been there, done that. Know what that feels like. Yep. Right. You're like slept in too, huh? High five. right or whatever it is we don't know but the point is that because you are accepting of yourself not judgmental of yourself you're you're not going to be as judgmental as other people we 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 can't be we can't empathize we can't have empathy if we don't even have empathy for ourselves oh i don't know if you mean to go this direction but are you saying i think you're saying that the people that are outwardly judgmental of others probably judge themselves pretty harshly as well. Absolutely. Hey, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Elaine. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's cool. So, um, so the, the other thing in terms of holding other people accountable, besides being more tolerant is also um, holding other people responsible for speaking up. It's not your job to mind read. If they don't say anything, that's on them. And I okay. know what people, people think is like, I've got to mind read because somebody might be thinking something and saying something about me behind my back, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's why people mind read because it's not enough to say, well, you know, if you don't say anything to me, then it's, it's not my problem because even thinking something about me is bad. Because, mm-hmm. because then, you know, I, I don't know, you might be thinking something bad about me. You might be saying something bad about me behind my back. And I have to know those things because I have to control your thoughts and I have to control how you act because it affects how I feel about myself. Right. Right. That's what mm-hmm. happens because we treat other people like mirrors. And that's the, that's the, um, 
the hole that you put your, yourself in when you, when you depend on other people for a sense of self. Yes. So yes, maybe other people might be thinking something negative about you. Maybe they are talking about you behind your back. And what you learn through self-validation is to treat yourself, right? The way you treat other people, mm-hmm. the opposite of the golden rule. Yeah. Right. Which we talked about, didn't we? Did we talk about the opposite of the golden rule? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you wouldn't, would you want somebody else to feel bad about themselves if you didn't say something to them, or even if you did say something to them, maybe you're just trying to give them feedback, right? Do you really want them to feel bad about themselves? No. Would you want them to put it upon themselves to read your mind? No. No. Um, would you want them to be worrying about whether you're talking about them behind their back? Absolutely not. Right. So don't do that to yourself. Right. Right. Treat yourself the way you treat other people and expect other people to treat you the way you treat them. Right. So, so will there be people out there who will be judgmental? Sure. Will there be people who gossip? Sure. But you have to ask yourself, how do I want to live my life? Do I want to live my life according to my values or according to that person's values? Because your values are, I don't judge other people. I don't gossip about other people behind their back. Right. No. And I, I don't want people to feel bad about themselves because Mm. maybe I don't agree with them. Right. I mean, it's okay to have disagreements, but I don't want the person to feel bad about themselves. Right. You know, what strikes me is the fact, like going back to what you said a little bit ago about how it's on that person, like I'm me, it's on you to tell me how you're feeling. You, you have to come to me. I cannot read your mind. Exactly. It's and it's not your responsibility. Right. Even if That's you wanted to, job. it's not your responsibility. Unless you're a therapist, then of course, right. We have to always be thinking about what's that person get in their way? heads and get in yeah. their heads. Right. There we go. But um, contrary to back. popular belief, we do not read minds. People we are just very <laughs> observant and intuitive. That's like, right. We read faces and we read body language. Um, but I was thinking back to some previous like conversations and relationships that I've had where people would just kind of sit on bad juju and not speak up and not say anything. And it would just ferment. And it's like, okay, at the outset, and I've actually done this with some of my clients for the, for the podcasting stuff where it's like, listen, I came out of a software testing background. I have skin that's thick like a rhinoceros. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Everything that you say, it's going to be like data. I'm not going to take it personal and be like, oh my goodness, what am I doing with my life? You hurt my feelings. Like I have those feelings in a box. I bring them out when I need them, but. But a lot of people are like like that and it's okay because that's just. That's part of being human. That's, it's okay. That's part of being human. And I'm, it's, and it's, I'm me, right? Right. And, and what I do but is I say, okay. Go ahead. Well, um, it, what I do is I'm like, I, I want to make really what amounts to a safe space for healthy conflict. I think too often we avoid conflict because we're afraid, oh, we're going to upset this person. And really what we're doing is we're doing them a disservice by not saying something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if 
if we have a conflict, then let's talk through it. We're not going to get up and throw furniture at each other. This isn't like the Geraldo Rivera show. Like, let's talk about it, right? And we've lost that. We've lost the ability to have good, clean fights and come out the other side. Right. You know? well, a lot and, of it has to do with the fact that um, we live in a society where we lack communication skills. Yes. So we will do, we will do um, an episode or two or three. <laughs> or seven on, or 12. Yeah. yeah on uh, <laughs> communication. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. And one of the things that I, I also tell my patients is if somebody's giving you feedback and they're making you feel bad about yourself, they're doing it wrong because there is no reason to make somebody feel bad in order to give them feedback. Right. Right. You can do it constructively. Now, if you are extrapolating somebody's giving you constructive feedback and you're doing like what, what you just gave the example of, Oh my God, you know, I made this mistake. I'm terrible. I'm horrible. You know, and you're, and you're, that's means that you are right. You're, you're going back to that, those, those five coping mechanisms that we talked about, right. Mm -hmm. You're, You're bullying yourself. Right. Right. And, and it's important to recognize that. Because there is no I'm, reason to ever beat yourself up. There's not. And I'm, I'm seeing that more in it's myself. It's not constructive. It's not constructive. It's a waste of energy. And I can just feel energy just getting sucked out of me. And it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm never going to get that back. I only had a certain right. amount of energy today. And I just snarfed it up, right. beat myself up. So I hate doing that. Myself, well, you know, you so, said about people are afraid of like hurting other people's feelings. Right. Um, you know, it, it again, it's complicated. But... Mm-hmm. There's other reasons why people don't speak up, okay? If I speak up, there's a possibility that I'm jeopardizing my relationship. And if I rely on my relationships for a sense of self, right? If, if I have to be liked in order to feel good about myself, then I'm going to not want to do anything that jeopardizes that relationship. Right. And you're never going right. to take any measurable risk in life either. Right. Yeah. Right. And not even, it's not necessarily because that person would see you that way or would respond that way, but that's the fear, you know? So it, it, we're not even doing it necessarily for the other person's feelings. We're doing it because it's, it's more actually out of a sense of self emotional survival. It's like, I can't have you upset with me because I rely on this relationship to feel, to have a sense of self, Mm -hmm. feel good about myself. The other reason, and this is particularly true with men, is men will often minimize their feelings. Yeah. You know, something's bothering them and they're like, well, I shouldn't really be bothered by that. Or, you know, that's not really such a big deal. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot. And then what they do is they just bottle stuff up. To the point that um, this is a true story. I had um, a couple, the the husband called the wife up one day at work and said, I want a divorce. It's like, what came out of totally left field? And, and so they came to counseling, 
you know, which was a smart thing to do. And what we found out was that there were some things that were bothering him that he told himself he had no right to be upset about. Not, not major things, you know, and, you know, they were able to work through it and talk about those things. And he realized that that's why he was saying that he had put himself in this place where he felt like he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. And it's not a conscious thing. You know, once he realized what he was doing, you know, then he realized there are other options. But that's something that, you know, men tend to do because we, we tell, you know, men feelings are sissy, sissy, frou-frou, mm-hmm. right? I know that. I know um, that. So I'm going to ask to, to tie things up now. Okay. I am going to ask the listener some questions. Okay. This is all about embracing humanity. You have a choice as to whether or not you embrace your humanity and embrace humanity in others. Do you want to be proactive or reactive? Because when you problem solve, when you, when you understand, right, the, the behavior and the feelings and the circumstances behind your, I mean, the, the, I'm sorry, the thoughts and the feelings and the, and the situation behind your behavior, right? Then you can problem solve and you can make deliberate decisions. Mm-hmm. That's being proactive. That's being saying, you know, I, I'm angry about this. I mean, take the example I just gave you about the husband. You know, if he took the time to say, what, what's going on for me? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? What is it that I want from my, from my wife? What do I want? Um, And then I speak up about it. Otherwise, what happens if you don't do all of that, if you don't take the time to process all of that, then you will be reactive. You will just act on emotions that most of the time you're not even aware of that you have. And that's what most people do. That's the difference between going to counseling and not going to counseling, really. That's what I tell people. It's like, if you think counseling is a weakness, no, it's about being in control of your feelings instead of your feelings controlling you. So you are in control of your emotions, right? When you are proactive. If you're reactive, then you're just acting on emotions, right? Anger, fear, right? Right, even right. even love and you're not paying attention to all of your feelings or other needs right okay mm-hmm. yeah that's the first one do you want to be proactive or reactive right right do you want to change what's in your control or keep trying to control what you cannot change that's a good one, huh? <laughs> it's like the root that, of everything. <laughs> that's what's going on right now, folks. Every time you go on social media and you vent, you are trying to control what you cannot change. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in another episode. If everybody would just ask themselves, what's in my control? Right? What can right. I change? Instead of always focusing on 
the other person and pointing fingers and saying, you need to do this and you need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. But everybody has to do that. Right. Right. Um, right. That's, that's the, so um, the thing that people rely on the most is the thing that's the least in our control, which is changing other people's behavior. Now, it doesn't mean that people won't change, but if you are, if you find that you're arguing and or repeating yourself, okay, that's telling you the person is not listening. So don't keep beating your head against a brick wall. Look for other solutions. Ask yourself, what's 100% in my control? Mm-hmm. Okay, such as setting boundaries, changing your perspective, changing how you cope with your feelings, changing how you communicate. Drop a pebble into water, it causes ripples. That's an expression in my field. You mm-hmm. change what you do, you will change what other people do around you. Right? Well, so do you want to change what's in your control or keep trying to control what you cannot change? That's the second question. Mm-hmm. Third question. Do you want to solve problems or continue this self-destructive trajectory that we are on right now? Okay. I'm a pragmatist. It's a waste of time and energy to argue, criticize, blame, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't rehash the past. It's like, okay, whatever you did this. I did that, whatever. Right. Okay. Let's focus on what can we do from this point forward? Right. Right. It's not to say that your feelings from the past aren't valid and we can touch on those. Right. Um, That, that is actually one of the, um, one of my communication skills. It's about, Acknowledging our feelings from past wrongs, but at the same time, we also need to look forward, say, okay, we are where we are. It's not constructive to us to just keep arguing about what has already happened. We can honor the feelings, the lack of trust, the hurt, you know, whatever from the past, but let's also look at, okay, We're here now. What can we do from this point forward? What's in our control? So, um, so that's what I do. I focus on solving the problem and, you know, again, you can, um, focus on what's in your control. Okay. Rather than who's to blame. That's, that's what a lot of this is about pointing fingers. Well, you did this and you did that. And okay, right. Whatever. This is a waste of time and energy folks. Mm-hmm. It's like use the energy and move forward and do something different. Right. Do what's in your yeah. control. Look for, you know, we talked about problem solving as a team right, in a previous right. episode. So, so. Think about those things. Do you want to solve problems or continue this self-destructive trajectory of arguing, criticizing, and blaming? Remember, do we talk about you can win the battle but lose the war Mm -hmm. in a previous episode? That's what we're doing right now. 
You can right. win one argument. I can win the other argument. But what we're doing is in the end, we are losing the war. We are self-destructing as a, as a society, as a country. Yeah. When we talked about democracy, that's what, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. So we got through it all. Miraculous. And I kind of, I kind of went off on tangents too. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I mean, that's part of, that's part of the show. So I think, did I say this last time? I think I did. Or sometime violence, bigotry, greed, corruption are solutions, quote unquote, solutions for people who lack insight and healthy coping skills. That sure sounds familiar, but yeah. I don't know when yeah, we you said did. it. We did. Yeah, it's in there. Um, and to what standard do we hold each other accountable? Right. There is, mm-hmm. is there no allowance for human frailty, no consideration of redemption? Okay, I made a human error. Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about criminal behavior, right? I'm just talking about, right. you know, every day, you know, arriving late because I overslept kind of thing, right? Right. All right. Um, but we have to, to tune into the fact that emotions can, are, can be very energizing, especially things like anger and fear and love, but they can also, because they're so energizing, they can energize us to do things we normally wouldn't. Right. So. Neat. Any last thoughts, Fritz? I can't think of anything. I don't know when I'll be back with you. Right. You know, my big my big thing is I want to get some more folks on your show to undertake what what amounts to a small project to come alongside and let's talk about yes, yes. We stuff have deeply like Fritz this. Fritz and I about yeah. We're coming up with some, some exciting strategies, exciting uh, format. Yeah, but I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna be back. It's probably gonna be is that a, a, is months, that a threat or a promise? It's both. It's however you want to <laughs> interpret it. Like, you know, which would you prefer it to be? I, you can't. I'm not gonna read your mind. You want it to be a threat? No, <laughs> I'm coming, Fritz. Brace yourself. No, I want it. <laughs> this, the kind of stuff that we're talking about is so big and so important but for once in my life i feel like i've arrived to a place where i can help talk about this kind of stuff because i have value i've learned that about myself and i'm a recovering beat up yourself addict and of course I don't you are because everybody really eventually yeah. right yeah you and, hit 40 and, and, and it just happens yeah you and i are proof that you can get past this people that's right you can, you can be us when you grow up Yes, you know, I was going to mention listener. this before. Remember when I talked about coming out of the store and getting in the, the car and driving away and never looking back, right? Yeah. One of the things that I learned, we, you started talking about this. When I stopped bullying myself, my self-esteem shot up. I didn't realize how much all of that self-bullying, you know, the mind reading, second guessing, the comparing myself to others, right? The anticipating mm-hmm. other people's needs, et cetera. I didn't realize how much that was impacting my self-esteem. Yeah. It's like you had the parky brake on the whole time and you let it off yep. and you just, just take off. And yeah, <laughs> that was actually my mouth. That wasn't a, an edited in sound effect either. I do that. So awesome. So well, we let's will tie miss it you, Fritz. I'm here. I'm here in spirit. I'm not Wait. dying. 
He was so young and beautiful. Like, I'm right here. <laughs> we'll miss him. I'm right here. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And I want to get the word out about this and I want to help more people get on. I've got a few people. Right. So we can really solve some problems because we have yes. to start recognizing the complexity of them if we want to solve them and start throwing, you know, easy. Um, politically convenient or what makes us feel good solutions. That's right. Well, I'm going to bounce here, Miss Elaine. Yes. And, yes. And I don't want to make you late for your appointment here coming up in like five minutes. So we'll bounce and I will catch you and listeners on the next episode, whoever that might be. All right. Okay. We'll talk to you soon, people. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.